and I, I'm super excited. We started this series last week, To Whom It May Concern. And uh, I thought last week, man, it was so good. We're talking about how we are a handwritten letter crafted by God to communicate who he is and how he loves the world. And so I want to share this with you, 2 Corinthians 3. This is the, the, the whole point of this entire series. If you're taking notes, this is what I want you to write down every week. 2 Corinthians 3, it says this, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry. Paul is talking here. He's saying, hey, look, I went and came and served you and taught you the result of what you've been taught. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablet of human hearts, human hearts, that God has been fashioning you, shaping you to communicate a particular, uh, a a particular message to the people around you. And the reason that we called it to whom it may concern is that everyone in your world, whether they're friend, foe, whether they're coworker or not, whether you just run it past them uh, across the street, whether it's a family member, whatever it is, that whoever it is that reads this letter is receiving a message. Yeah. Whoever it is that is looking at your life is reading a message. And so this is the, the basis for the entire series, is that you are a letter that communicates the character, passions, thought, and heart of the author. That when people read your life, they should be able to see what the author is saying to whoever the letter is sent to. Um, the, and in consideration for all of this, I've been praying, I've been trying to say like, okay, God, like what does this letter look like? And so we talked about the fact that we are a letter. Now, what does the contents look like? What does the letter actually say? What should my life communicate to people around me? And so the big thing that we're going to be talking today is freedom. Someone say freedom. 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 It's a huge thing that was placed on my heart that we have been set free. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. In the same chapter, this is what Paul says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if God is the one who's writing on your heart, and if he's involved in your life, and he is the one that's shaping this letter, you better believe that this letter is going to include freedom. Because where the Spirit is, freedom is there. Freedom does not mean perfection. Freedom means transparency. So don't feel like you have to be perfect here. We're going to be transparent. We're being set free. And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. This is the, the bottom line for today. I've been set free to show you that you could be set free. My letter is saying, I am free. Read this message. You can be free too. And we're going to be jumping into that and what that looks like. But can I pray for you all real quick before we get started? Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that uh, there is freedom for us, that this isn't just a word that's lofty, far off, unachievable, but actually through the spirit of the living God in me that I can experience true heavenly freedom in my life. God, we thank you for that freedom in this place. We're going to celebrate that this week and we are going to live free and we're going to communicate that with our entire life. In Jesus name, everybody said, Amen. amen. All right, so uh, usually I like to warm y'all up with like a gushy, funny story, okay? Uh, today I want to talk a little bit serious. I, I am so proud of, of my mom and dad. Uh, dad, where are you at? What's up? Serving in cafe, mom? Front? You're my biggest fan, aren't you? <laughs> and so um, I, I am so proud of my parents, and I asked them if I could share a little bit of their story because it included me in this. Um, but uh, when I was younger... I had the privilege of going to NA meetings, okay? Um, and so my, my family, uh, my mom and dad formerly struggle, struggled with addiction. Um, 
And, and if you want to talk to them about that or if you're experiencing that, that they would be open and, and talking with you guys. But addiction was a part of their life from high school. And um, they reached a point where they said, hey, we have, we have to get help. And uh, my brother and I, we were young. Uh, I remember going to these meetings. And uh, it was a very honest and open place. Uh, there was daycare for me, so I went down and I was, funny part of the story was, I used to kiss the girl that was also down in daycare. That was a weird time in my life, okay? Weird, weird things, okay? Um, but no, seriously, you, I, it's true. Okay, so um, yes, I was a heathen back then too. Always have been, okay? And so um, um, my mom and dad, it was, it was an incredible thing. Like what would happen is all these people, and believe me, they, they were all sorts of different shapes and sizes, okay? Like everyone's all, it's a unique it's a unique place there, okay? And so we, I used to go to these NA meetings. I was four years old running downstairs. And I got to this place where I started, um, I started asking my mom and dad, like, what is this? Like, why are we here? And what's going on? And I used to actually like come around like five or six years old. I used to go up and sit up in these NA meetings and hear these like, there are some stories that happen at NA meetings. Like we're talking about addiction and, and what you're hearing from these people is, is really shocking. But it's really crazy because you go into this, there's this big round table. There's usually a host, someone who's literally like preaching like this, okay? And uh, they're sharing a big part of their testimony, a big part of their story. They're celebrating their five years clean, whatever it is. They get a chip, it's awesome. And uh, all these other people, if you feel so led, to open up and tell about your story. Yeah. And one of the craziest things that I remember seeing multiple times as a kid is the people who were coming in and it was their day one chip. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really overwhelming because there's a community of people who have been clean for 30 years and they go and they embrace these That's people good. who literally yesterday were shooting stuff into their arms. And this place brings about so much healing because there's so much openness. There's a, I've, I've felt what you felt and I've been through what you've been through. I know what it's like to feel so low or empty or, or lonely that you need this substance to go into your arm or to sniff this off of a table. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be weighed down. And so they're telling story after story. And the crazy thing that happens is at day one, these people are at their most vulnerable state. They are <laughs> struggling from, what is it, um, detoxing, withdrawal. And they're sitting there and they're hearing 30, 40 stories of people sharing their life and they're crying. Like, this isn't even a Jesus thing. But they're so broken. They've reached their bottom point. They've lost everything that they've had. They're so overwhelmed. They're sick of where they're at, but they can't help but to be where they're at. And here's these 30 people in a room saying, I'm with you. And after the meeting, they're crying, and they all get into this circle, and they start praying. And again, NA is not a Christian organization, but it has a lot of um, God concepts, okay? And uh, they all get in this circle and they start praying and keep coming back. It works if you work at it, okay? And so, like, they have these meetings every day of the week. Every day. I mean, I would go with my mom and dad. We would go probably three, four days a week to these meetings. And it was crazy 
keep coming back. It works if you work. I say that all the time, which is so, like, y'all don't know where that's from. That's where it's from. It's from NA meetings. Keep coming back. It works if you work at it. So this person who went one day, she finds someone who's called a sponsor, or he finds someone who's called a sponsor, and they walk with them hand in hand, and they're open with them, and they allow these people to be open, saying, I hate my life, or I can't handle this. I just want to shoot up today. And so they're very honest and transparent, but they end up going for the next month and they receive their month chip free from an addiction that was killing them. And so I'm, I'm proud of my parents. I'm proud of y'all. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy thing because you set the example for me and I, I didn't go through that. Why? Because the letter that I read from their life was a letter of freedom. And they didn't realize that. So in this open environment with 30 broken people sharing their life, there was healing found for so many people. Should not the church look the same way with the power of the living God here? Mm. So what was the ingredient that was happening in NA meetings? Truth, Truth, honesty, openness, no judgment, safety. safety. There was a ton of good culture there that allowed people to receive healing from this openness. And so I have a big question for you, church, and this is going to be so hard. I hope that this kind of hits you like it hits me. How can people read about the freedom when all they see is the front? How can people see, how can they come into this community? How can they come in and receive this freedom when everyone, this is so Christian, I love it. How's your week been? Good, oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> it's, it's true. Your life as a follower of Christ should be extraordinary. But freedom does not mean perfect. Freedom does not mean perfect. And so I think that we, in our culture and in, in our existence as core church i want to encourage us to be honest open and sharing the freedom that we've received yeah listen life's been crazy yeah i just lost my job three months ago i don't know what the heck's happening i don't want to say everyone be eeyore please don't be eeyore it will be really tough to be here okay (laughs) oh i don't like it like no please don't be eeyore okay but can we be honest can we be open can we start sharing what we're going through Because sometimes when I walk into church, it's really like, I feel like I'm the only one that's messed up. I'm the pastor, and I feel like I'm messed up. Sometimes. But if we can create a community where honesty and openness and sharing your freedom can be a real thing, we can see people being set free week after week. That's what we want. And that only comes through from what I've observed, honesty and openness. It was this big burly guy, and he had this, uh, um, oh, what is it? Not a, not a, um, a bandana, and he's like six foot four, and he would stand up and be like, "Man, I'm doing good." And it was like he just shared his his story. I've been set free, man. I've, I've, but I'm still struggling with this area. And he shares still his struggles. This dude was set free for 15, 20 years, but he's still saying, "I think about it. I'm still going through this." It was after work, a hard day. My boss treated me like trash. I still think about going to this substance. This dude was honest. 
And he's been victorious for years and years. And you might have been, <laughs> you might have been married for 15, 20 years now. But you have a story about when you were at year two, when life was pure hell, that you could be sharing and healing some people. You could have gone through a separation and you could be saving people who are just entering into relationships so much trouble if you would only share and be open. If you have a past where you're trapped by a computer screen and what you're seeing, could you share that? Could you share, could you share your victory and help someone get through that? Because the church can feel like this perfect place and that is the most unappealing thing I don't want to be a part of a perfect place. But this guy struggles? I can listen to that. And he's doing better? How? And so I think we need to prioritize talking about the freedom. How can people see the freedom if all they see is the front? Can we open up a little bit more? I love it. We have our perfect picket fence houses and everything's nice and neat. But hey, let's let people in sometimes. So... One of the greatest leaders of the Bible had a pretty scandalous past. In fact, the whole Bible is filled with men and women who didn't have the picture right. And you could think about it. You could pick up this thing and say, oh, it's, it's written by God and it's got to be this perfect story. No, no, no. This whole book is filled with mess up stories. But God redeeming mess up stories. Amen. Through and through. And so the leader of the church. So this man, this man finds Jesus. And his past is unbelievable. And so there's this moment, <coughs> excuse me, there's this moment where this, this disciple named Stephen, someone say Stephen. Amen. Stephen was defending his faith. Stephen. Stephen was this man who literally cared for the widows of the community. He made sure that people had food to eat and that they were cared for. People might not think that that's the biggest job ever, but this man was led by the Holy Spirit and it was an incredible ministry. So much so that people saw Pharisees and religious leaders who believed differently than him saw his service and said, we have to get rid of this man. And so the story picks up in Acts chapter seven. This is called the stoning of Stephen. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So he's claiming, oh my gosh, like God is showing me what's happening right now. And these people, these Pharisees, these religious leaders who hated Jesus got crazy. How dare you claim that you see God like this? And so the story goes on. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed him, dragged him out into the middle of the city, um, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. Someone say Saul. Saul. And this is what's incredible. This prayer that Stephen prays, I, I can only read this a few times because this makes me super emotional that someone could actually live like this. A normal person could live like this. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so God rested him in the midst of this stoning. I'm not talking about Stephen had a scandalous past. Chapter 8, verse 1. What does it say? 
And Saul, someone say Saul, Saul. approved of their killing him. Saul was this religious leader who had been a Jew his whole life and lived under the law and, and, and really believed um, in, in those traditions and held them to such a high standard. And, and the consequences of the law, I don't want to say he was passionate about it, but he understood the law enough that he said, if it was broken, this would be the consequence. And so he's sitting there, this Holy Spirit-filled man is getting stoned to death, and Saul is saying, yep, he deserved it. And he's approving of it a leader within the Pharisee ranks. It goes on to tell us a little bit of, of, about Saul. On that day, great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul, someone say Saul. Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women, putting them in prison. This dude was a bad man. A mean guy for just my faith, for just believing something different than you, that you would go to this extreme so as to put me into prison. So we shared 2 Corinthians 3. How can this guy, we're, we're talking about Saul. Saul would later become Paul when he met Jesus. Paul is the writer of 2 Corinthians. How could this guy who did these heinous, evil things go on to write 2 Corinthians, writing the Holy Spirit writing on the heart of man? How could he write that? What a hypocrite. How could he go on to write that? The man who wrote these inspiring letters was the chief of sinners. This Paul guy was the worst of the worst. These people weren't doing anything. He just thought differently than them. And therefore, some of them were sent to jail and some of them he ended their life. How dare you? He would have this massive conversion story. Jesus would knock him off his horse. Jesus met him face to face and he gave his life to him and started chasing after spreading the gospel full-heartedly. He had his life set free. Someone say set free. He had his life set free. His life was changed the moment he met Jesus and experienced the love and grace of God. So this man was once the chief of sinners. He goes on to say this in 1 Timothy can we put this up there? I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to this service, again, to the service of spreading the gospel and starting churches all throughout his world, right? Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Look at him. He's writing a letter. Yes, this was me. Yes, I failed. Yes, I hurt people. And here I am trying to encourage you. And, and God would use me to start churches. What? So he's being very open and honest. It keeps on going on. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Fill me in in that too. We're all there. We've all been broken. We're all messed up. And he, he other translations would say, um, oh no, go back one. Other translation would say that I'm the chief of sinners, of whom I am the greatest. I'm the chief of sinners. And then goes on. And here's the point of this entire letter. Keep going. 
But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Are y'all catching this? He's been set free to show you, show me that there's freedom. If God could rescue him, he could rescue me. If God could rescue me, he could rescue my coworkers. If God could rescue our family, he can rescue many families. We saw the worst of it. He saved us. If he could save us, he could save people. He could set people free. So Paul didn't hide his past. He revealed his freedom. Please understand this. He didn't hide his past. He revealed his freedom. There is no judgment for anyone here. We know that we've all been through the mess. Can we just be open and can we walk and shout about the freedom that we've received? That's what this man lived out. (laughs) He walked in. Imagine this picture. In the very next chapter, after, after he gives his life to Jesus, Barnabas, one of the religious leaders, the, the movement of Christ, right? He was a, a believer and an apostle. Barnabas brings him into the room. He brings Paul by the shoulder. Paul gives his life to Jesus. Brings Paul into this room and says, Hey, everyone, I know that this guy has tried killing you. He's now going to preach. Perhaps because the more freedom, the louder that we need to be. The more that we've received freedom, we should get the megaphone out and share it. If God could rescue this man, the world needs to know. If God could rescue me, the world needs to know to whom it may concern. I pray that whoever would see me, if they see me at Giant Eagle, that they would know that there's freedom. If they see me walking into Christmas dinner, they should know that I walk free. If I walk into school and my friends and my other students are around me in this class, they should see that I am free. People should be seeing the freedom in our lives. Amen? Y'all getting this? He says this. Look, I've been set free to show the Lord's patience for us. Wow. Wow. So I have a couple points. How can you share your freedom? How can we, what does it mean for me to display this freedom? How can people read the freedom that is found in this letter, whom I am. One would say this, uh, our weakness reveals his strength. Our weakness reveals his strength. Understand that, that when you are talking about God, that your weakness actually shows off how good he is. Notice that it doesn't say it doesn't show your strength because we're not about showing us off. We're about showing God off. And if you're concerned about elevating and glorifying God, my life is so minimal compared to that. I have no shame if it glorifies God. And so you can, this is incredible. This is also found in 2 Corinthians. Can we put this up here? But he said to me, this is Paul talking, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast. Someone say boast. Boast. All the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It keeps going. That is why. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Yeah. Now hear me out on this also. that This isn't just a sin message. This is also when your life gets too hard. In, in former chapters, he goes on to say, I was beaten, I was bruised, I was thrown in prison, I was cast out from society. He's talking about his whole story. 
He's open. Read 2 Corinthians, y'all. Y'all would be blown away about the freedom story of Paul. And so he's talking about all the problems that he's gone through and how God has raised him and put him on top and somehow made him victorious in the midst of pure hell in his life. And so, yes, I will boast in my weakness. I love how the message translation puts this. Now I take limitations in stride, and with good cheer, these limitations cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over, and so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Can you let Christ take over your life? over all the things that keep beating you up, over all the mistakes that you've made? And can you allow his grace to come in and empower you to share about the freedom that you've received? So boast about it. Boast about it because God is the only one that can get us through all of those things. We didn't know. We didn't know God at that time. But he was working in us in a meeting. And he was setting us free. We didn't know it. But he was doing it. And it's because people were talking about their freedom and we were receiving freedom only to find the ultimate freedom that comes from Christ. Second thing I want to say is this, is that we walk with one another through every trial along the journey. That's what, <laughs> that's what this is all about. That when you come here, you don't just sit there and not participate and not like share and open up, but that we can open up with one another link arms with one another. That's why we do those prayer cards like that, right? It's our way of standing with one another, saying, I'm with you on this journey. And so our commitment isn't shaken if you're imperfect. In fact, if you're imperfect and broken, I want to be with you. I want to help you. And maybe some of the freedom that I've received could help you find the freedom that you need to receive. But I can't help with that if I'm not committed to walking with people. And so this whole community... Is a commitment to walk with people through their freedom process. I love this. James 5 puts it like this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, set free, cleared of the bondage that's holding you down. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so if you've been set free and someone comes in day one, man, we need to be praying because the prayer of us who have been set free can move mountains in someone who is still held down. Come on now. And so we're along the journey. We're along the journey. Yes, we've been set free, but we're walking with you. We're walking with you and we're championing and we're praying with you and for you. And it's going to be powerful and effective when we are open. Notice that the openness is what led to the prayer, which led to the power being released. And if we're not open, can we appropriately pray? Can we expect the power to come in? Not if we're not open. Not if we're not transparent. Not if we don't display our freedom. Lastly, and understand this, like I said, freedom is not perfection. Freedom is an element of transparency. Every one of us are in a growth process. And yes, you've received the ultimate freedom that comes from Christ, which is your eternal place in, in heaven has been made and set right. But who knows that even though I've been doing this for a while, I still mess up every day. I'm still broken. I was thinking about sharing this, so I might as well just share it. I'm super stressed recently. There's a lot going on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. One of my vices that I turn to that I'm praying with my wife about is freedom from food. That this little bun has weight over my thought process and over how I live my life. 
I had I had a, a birthday dinner with my brother and or a birthday lunch and I went and I ate so excessively. Like like I had to stand up. <laughs> like I can't sit down, Austin. I'm gonna puke. I ate so excessively. Well I didn't have breakfast, so you know, hungry. But I was stressed. And I broke down and I ate what should be eaten by three, four people. Hmm. This is really hard for me to talk about, but this is what it is, right? I need help. I don't want to be held down by a french fry and have that lead who I am. I want that part of me to be free. And what it really is, is it's, there's something in me that isn't relying on God. That's why I'm turning to the substance, right? So I need freedom. And this is what I love about my wife, and she challenges me, yet she upsets me every day when she makes me eat lettuce wraps. <laughs> but she's been set free. She eats super clean. I don't know how she does it. She must not have taste buds, but she's been set free of that, and what she's encouraging me to do is walk free as well. And I hate her advice, but I love it. And so she knows I'm in a growth process and she's walking with me to find that freedom and to understand why I'm turning to these freaking burgers in the midst of my stress and what I'm experiencing and what I'm going through. Why? So she's walking with me. She's been set free and she's teaching me. It says this. 2 Corinthians 3.18, nothing between us and God. Our faces are shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. God is going to continue to shape and mold your life. He's going to continue to set new things free. He's going to continue to move in miraculous ways. And so you might have wrestled with this anger for years and years. And God, this season, this year is going to say, hey, I want to free you of that overwhelming anger. Hey, Nick, you've been dealing with that food for far too long. It's been 26 years. I want to free you of that need. My college professor said it like this. I went to Hillsong over in Australia. He said, y'all need to find a new fight to fight. And if you're struggling with the same thing for 17 years, you need to start going in it a different way. You need to start praying. You need to start letting the Holy Spirit start shaping you. Amen. I don't want to be angry for the next 20 years. I don't want to rely on a Big Mac for 20 years. I don't. I don't. I want to be free. Because that's what God has for me. He's the, where, the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The letter... What my life should be displaying is freedom. Nick, once an addict, is now free. Lisa and Rich, now free. It's crazy. That, if people can read freedom in our life, which means we have to be open, if they can read freedom, imagine what God's going to do in people's lives. They won't even know it. To be honest, you don't even have to talk about Jesus. If you just display freedom in your life, people are going to be like, what's going on here? I want that. Because I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. Freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Someone say freedom. freedom. Can we show our freedom more?
Christ could rescue me, he could rescue you. It's okay to acknowledge that you got some chains right now. That's the whole point of why we're here. I have chains. I'm supposed to be perfect. I got chains. I want to do something bold. I don't know why. I feel like the Spirit of God is telling me. Does anyone have chains? Can we raise our hands? Do we have chains? Look, everyone around you has chains. Don't be shy, y'all. We all got it. We all got chains. Let's bow our heads. If you want to be free, come on, say this with everything you got in your heart. God, I want to be free. I want to be free. Thank you for setting me free and giving me everything I need. All that is empty within me, I know that you will fill it. And so whatever is weighing me down, whatever it is that's on my mind and my heart for these past 30, 40 minutes that you've been speaking and nudging me about, God, I give you that. Whatever that addiction is, whatever that that emotion is, whatever it is, that habit that has been weighing on me for 18 and a half years now, I am free in Jesus' name. Someone say, in Jesus' name. I am free. I am free. I am free. And God, we thank you. We thank you that the freedom that we're experiencing right now is going to be seen and revealed to people who need to be freed. And when we walk into our place of work or when we go home today or this week or whenever we talk to people that we see every day, may they see something different right now because we are set free. And God, may we be a community that whatever it is that each and every one of us are going through, that we can be open and transparent, that we don't have to hide, but that we can grow with one another, becoming more and more like you, so that we can walk truly free lives. God, the front is so draining. The facade is so annoying. I just want to be honest and open. And if anyone, or if anything, I thank you that you love the honest and open me first. And if that's the revelation that I have to receive today, I receive it. You love the honest and open me first. God, we thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, let's all stand together and sing.